called a time of dependence, part of our wilderness time. And in this last week, it's interesting, I've had two occasions where people actually talked about dependence on God. One of them, um, the young man that I helped uh, bring to Lord of Life to replace me when I left, was wrestling with the call to leave, which he did accept. He's moving to New Jersey, if you can believe it, from beautiful Illinois to New Jersey. But he said that in this time of deliberation, in the struggle between whether he should stay at one place or go to the next, it was a time when he had to learn to really lean on God, to depend on God. It was, you know, to put slightly different words in his mouth, it was a time of dependence. This afternoon I did a funeral of an older lady who was raised Lutheran who lived over in Arkansas. And um, when the funeral was over, as I stood and talked with a few of the people, uh, one lady who was her sister said, you know, it's at a time like this, at a funeral, you really depend on God. Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight, to depend on God or a time of dependence. In fact, you know, wilderness times, whether it comes in the form of deliberating on a call to change churches if you're a pastor, or leaning on God, being dependent upon God during the time of a funeral, or whether it's during the time of sickness or whatever. You know, wilderness time for all of us is a time for complete dependence on God. This is an extremely important part of that wilderness experience. I want you to think back to the children of Israel when they were going through the wilderness. God had delivered them out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and for 40 years they walked in the wilderness. Now, when they got out in the wilderness, they immediately complained. I've always wondered what that sounded like, several million people murmuring against Moses. You know, they had a short memory because they started talking about all the wonderful food they had back in Egypt. They had faulty memories like some of us have. I mean, because the food they rattle off in the book of Exodus was nowhere close to slave food. But God decides to supply them with food. You may remember, he supplies them with manna. He even brings quail. But during those 40 years when the people of God were in that Sinai wilderness, God gave them what they needed, and God gave them only what they needed day by day. Now, God could have provided a giant lump of manna every Monday morning and said, make sure it lasts all week. But yet God said instead, no, every morning, every morning it will be there. Anything else you need will come day by day as you go through the wilderness. And I said, God could have, he could give it all to us at one time, but for some reason he chooses not to do that. See, that lesson of day by day taught the Israelites not just dependence, but it actually taught them habitual dependence. Each new day brought them a brand new reminder of their utter dependence on God. 
You remember the Lord's Prayer as well. That simple phrase, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus in that prayer is telling us that every day we should acknowledge the source of our blessings, the source of everything, acknowledge every day our utter dependence on God. Not very many of us live day by day when it comes to food. Not many of us live day by day. I mean, the closest we come sometimes is when we say we live paycheck to paycheck. In the first church I pastored, there was a family. Um, He and his wife had three children, as I recall. He had a couple of boys that were in our grade school. And then they had a little girl who was developmentally handicapped. She had a lot of special needs, a lot of medical expenses. And suddenly he lost his job and he was unemployed for a rather long period of time. I was teaching a Bible class called Too Busy Not to Pray at that time. And in the course of that class, I remember him sharing that during that time of his unemployment with mounting bills and everything, that he had learned to live day by day in a way that he had never, ever done before. Each and every day he just prayed that God would somehow meet his needs the next day. And what happened was the church as a body, the church as individuals, helped that family for several months as they kind of struggled to get along. And they literally did not know where the next meal was coming from sometimes. But each and every day, God provided through the generosity of the church and the generosity of God's people. And again, I can remember him saying one time in that class that the Lord's Prayer suddenly took on a brand new meaning for him. For the very first time in his life, he really understood what it meant to pray, give us this day our daily bread. When Nancy and I lived in Hong Kong, we came across a ministry called the Home of Loving Faithfulness. It was a place that took mentally and physically handicapped children off the streets where people just left them. Happened to be a couple of, I think, American nurses who had actually come to Hong Kong on vacation saw this, and their hearts went out to these young children, and they basically took all the money they had and they bought this dilapidated old mansion up in the new territories of Hong Kong and brought these children in there. And it's really one of the first ministries I have ever known in my life that literally did not know from day to day where the money was going to come from in order to take care of these children and the growing number of children. That's why they call it the home of loving faithfulness. It was day by day. I even think about Christ for India. Jameson has often said he knows how much money is collected here in the States. He says, I know how much money I send the mummy back in India. And he says, and mummy always manages to spend more, but there's always money there. They live literally day by day trusting. Maybe that's just an example of God giving us what we need when we need it. I mean, when our strength or our emotional resources or any other sources of what we need are at an end, that's when we learn dependence upon God. 
I remember a sermon I preached a number of years ago. I don't remember the sermon, but I still remember the title. Helpless and hopeless, just where God wants us. And sometimes, you know, you find out that the only thing you really need is when the only thing left is your God. We learn to be dependent upon God. And when we become dependent upon God, guess what? He renews our strength. Many of you know that Bible passage, Isaiah 40, 31, talks about like wings on eagles. And it said that we shall run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. You know, the Bible, as you read through it, God is characterized time and time again in a variety of ways. For example, last time we talked about him being like a mother hen. But do you ever think of some of these other images that come to mind that also talk about a daily dependence? How about the word shepherd? Shepherd. I mean, God is characterized time and time again as our shepherd. Jesus actually refers to himself as the good shepherd. And it says that he's the good shepherd, and what are we? We are a bunch of dumb sheep. You know, one of the reasons that sheep must have a keeper is because after centuries of domesticated herd life, they lack the instincts to defend themselves against wolves or coyotes or other predators. I mean, sheep are completely dependent on the shepherd who protects them from the dangers around them and even from themselves. That's kind of hard for us to think of ourselves as sheep because most of us have been raised and, and we've been taught to be independent. We've been told that dependence is bad and independence is good. We don't like to think of ourselves as dependent on anyone or anything else for that matter. But in the wilderness, we have needs that we just cannot meet on our own. What's called for in the wilderness is dependence on God, who is fully able and capable to provide all of our needs. Let me give you another example. Jesus as the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. That means all of our strength, all of our sustenance comes from outside ourselves. It comes from our connections to the source. I remember reading this a number of years ago, but there's a grapevine uh, at Hampton Court Palace, which is near London, England. It was planted in 1768. Some of its branches today are over 200 feet long, and its single root is about two foot thick. But thanks to some rather skillful cutting and pruning, that one vine produces more than 600 pounds of black grapes every year since 1768. And though some of those branches are more than 200 feet away from the main stem, they still bear plenty of fruit. Why? Because they're joined to the vine, and they allow the life of the vine to flow through them. Now, I don't know if you like being called a branch any more than you like being called a sheep. But like branches, you and I are also dependent upon Jesus for life in all of its fullness. We draw our life from Him. Paul learned this in his weakness, that thorn in the flesh and all of the trials and troubles that he went through, he could still say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or what about one of the readings or that very first hymn? We sang about a high priest. 
the writer to the book of Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is our great high priest and that we have a high priest who is actually able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He understands what's going on. He has been tested in the same way we have, except that he did not sin. That's why he says, let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You ever have this feeling that nobody understands you? You ever had that feeling? Nobody, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> well, nobody knows but Jesus. Isn't that the way that song goes? But sometimes we get really lonely. Sometimes we get full of despair. We just don't think anybody understands. I can remember visiting with a little girl a long time ago that was brought to my office because she was crying. And she told me I wouldn't understand. And I said, probably not. I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. But I said, try me. She says, well, my mommy and daddy got a divorce. And I said, and you don't think anybody else has ever had that happen to you. She said, I told you you wouldn't understand. And I said, turn around and look at me. I said, the same thing happened to me when I was your age. I still remember that little girl. She looked at me and she said, well, you didn't turn out so bad. <laughs> now, in a very minor way, I was able to sympathize with her because I had gone through the same experience. But I'm not without sin. Believe me, I'm not without sin. Jesus, of course, is without sin. He can sympathize and feel every last thing you and I feel. He understands our loneliness. He understands our despair. He understands the wilderness. Whatever wilderness we find ourselves in, he understands because he's been there too. He's been tested every way that we have been. A few years ago, a Fort Worth Star-Telegram newspaper reporter posed as a homeless man and spent time on the streets for almost a month. He came to understand and was able to communicate to other people afterwards about the plight of the homeless and the services that were available to them as well as the needs that they actually have. See, because he experienced what they experienced, he understood in a powerful way who they were and the demands and the challenges of their lives. And so it is with Jesus. That's part of the message of the cross, that Jesus understands. Jesus understands in a powerful way that Jesus walked where we walked. Now, during Lent, we often hear a song that's called Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering. You know, thinking about doing a funeral today and laying to rest the, the mother and the grandmother, the great-grandmother, there were tears shed. They were walking through that valley of the shadow of death. They were walking that Via Dolorosa, that way of tears. They were walking in that wilderness. And when it comes time for us to walk through our wilderness or our Via Dolorosa, that way of suffering, Jesus walks with us. 
And in the wilderness, in the greatest times of our greatest needs, we receive strength from above and beyond, and that strength comes from God, and it comes from God alone. As a little boy and his daddy were out taking a walk one day in the park, came across a rather large stone. And the little boy said, Daddy, do you think if I used all my strength, I could move this rock? Father said, yeah, I think if you used all your strength, I'm sure you could do it. So that little guy began to push that rock, and he was straining and sweating as hard as he could, but he could not move that rock one bit. And with a discouraged look on his little face, he said to his father, You were wrong. I can't do it. Father said, No, son, you didn't use all your strength. You didn't ask me to help. You ever struggled and struggled and struggled? Wondered where God was and suddenly realized you'd never bothered to ask Him for help? I mean, I've said this before. I still remember this guy's face, too. And I said, have you prayed about it? And he said, Pastor, has it come to that? Well, it shouldn't have even had to come to that. We sometimes forget. See, wilderness time is time when we must use all of our strength. And guess what? All of our strength is God. He is our strength. In fact, many of you know He is our refuge and strength. Let me close with reading these words from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You can depend on that. You can take that to the bank. He is our refuge and He is our fortress. Continue with our prayer.